Welcome to episode 15 of the New Balances podcast. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined here today by a very special guest coming all the way from Kansas City. Uh, she's originally from Jersey and a very close friend from college. Mary, welcome. Hi, Adam. Thank you so much. I'm just so excited to be here with you. I feel like it's been such a long time since we've seen each other in person. Um, but the last time we saw each other was a joyous occasion. A friend of ours, a mutual friend was getting married. Um, and since then you've gotten married and made a whole kid. And you did make a whole kid. <laughs> so um, yeah. Coming up on being a little over four weeks away or nope, seven weeks away till the baby's due date. Oh my gosh. You'll have a real baby. You'll have like responsibilities for another life other than your dogs. We've got one dog right now, um, Jameson, and he's a handful, but a manageable handful. Uh, we think he'll be a good uh, older brother. And, um, you know, when the baby comes here, I feel like uh, the episode from Rugrats with Angelica, she can't have fun <laughs> anymore because she got sponsorabilities. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. I think that... Um it's ironic that your dog's name is Jamison because the picture on my cell phone for your contact is a picture with you and a bottle of Jamison. Um, and it, every time I see it, it just brings me joy. So I'm glad. It, it is one of my characteristics. I don't I'm know if it's a good thing or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that some things just never change. No, it's a constant. <laughs> so, yeah. So. Um, I ha I'm gonna admit I have heard none of your episodes. Um, okay. Because I'm a bad friend. But... That's not true. <laughs> but I'm excited to be on here and excited to chat. So tell me, kind of like, what's your flow? <laughs> so the flow is uh, when I have a guest, we just talk about um, life in general. We talk mm -hmm. about um, you know, sort of a difficult or a difficult circumstance or a challenge that they've uh, come through with life and how they adapted and overcame uh, a struggle. Or um, it's just talking about life and how that goes and how, you know, a little girl from Jersey ends up <laughs> in Kansas City and just move up and move her entire life away from family, friends, support system, sure. uh, and just things like that. And then you know, how you bring a bit of your home to your new home. Right. Um, so it's just talking about life in general. It's nice. very uh, conversational. It's not, you know, sitting here. I'm not Larry King uh, <laughs> trying to never, talk to people. I've never seen you as Larry King. No, I, I could rock a bow tie if I wanted to, though. I mean, I'm sure you could. Um, but... I think not the investigative journalist. A couple of things that I, I'm thinking about because you introduced me as a good friend from college. And first of all, that's an honor because um, there's a lot of people, a lot of good people that we went to school with. And um, I miss that time of my life, right? There was such a carefreeness of that time in my life. There was also a lot of wanting and a lot of yearning for things that are now in my life. And it's really beautiful to see how that time of waiting and that time of learning and exploring who I was and what my place is in the world um, has really been fulfilled. And that's really a, a moment of grace and moment of goodness that I can see in my life. So when you talk about what your place is in the world, what do you see that as? Oh, that's a tough question. I think yeah. that, um, so you know this, um, I love the fact that I'm a woman more than anything in the world. I love my femininity. I like wearing big earrings. I like wearing the most amazing fashion statements. 
Um, I like being girly in everything that I do. And that's something that I've evolved into, I think. Um, for it's sure. ironic today because you're wearing smaller earrings. I am. I'm wearing small <laughs> earrings. Um, but I'm wearing statement shoes. I'm wearing red converses. So you, you yeah. can only pick one or the other, you know. I mean, you could do whatever you want. Fashion rules are meant to be broken. Um, but, and I also love that there's some women that express themselves in different ways. And I love um, the fact that as a woman, I'm called to bring life to everything that I do, whether that's my work, whether that's being an Aunt Mary. Auntie Mary is probably one of my favorite hats that I wear, whether that's at work um, and really realizing um, what it is that my gifts and talents are when it comes to working in the community. I work for a federally qualified health center. So basically it's just a community center, a community health center where we provide services to those who are uninsured or underinsured. Um, and we get federal funding to do it. So we have to be responsible for taking care of people who in all intents and purposes wouldn't be served. So. Now, this is just a question that popped into sure. my head because I Stop I don't I don't often talk about like uh, current event type things, yeah. but like with the looming government shutdown, mm -hmm. would that affect your health center? So we have um, none of us are federal employees. We're all employed um, by an organization that receives those funds. So um, we are we have funding from an organization called HRSA, um, and that's just a fancy acronym for something that I'm not aware of because that's another part of mm -hmm. the I get that. Um, but what I do, what I have noticed is that, um, what I do know is that we have those funds. We also get a couple of different, some different sources of funding um, for us to be successful. So all of us are employed by, um, either the foundation or the organization itself. Okay. I was just hoping that the people didn't lose out on healthcare if the government shut down for yeah. uh, the stupid politicians playing chicken with each other. Yeah, that's always my favorite. <laughs> Not. Um, I think that we try very hard to be um, nonpartisan um, because we are federally funded. However, um, there are some things when it comes to social justice that we just can't stand beside and we have to take a stand on. Yeah. Um, and you have to advocate for your patients. Right. That's that your is, job. That is literally doesn't, my job. Doesn't matter who is in the White House or who's in Congress. I'm advocating for the person sitting in front of me. Yeah. And I get doesn't to, matter. Yeah. And I get to I get to do that in a very special way when I go into work groups, when I go into um, my, my specific role is talking to our stakeholders in the community. So whether that's community organizers or um, different organizations, um, health departments. I worked a lot with the health department in Kansas City when I first started my job at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, so yeah, and that's, that's kind of, so to answer your question about how I see my place in the world is to bring life to all those instances, right? And that's, um, a very um, common way that I've heard this explained is the difference between a single woman's house and a single man's house, right? The, there's a lot more beauty in the, the woman's household um, versus the masculine household, which is not all the time. I'm not stereotyping, but uh, we just bring life, you know, and beauty um, as part of our what I would consider our feminine genius and our femininity. And so I love exploring that. Um, I love surrounding myself with women who inspire me and challenge me. I love surrounding myself with people that love having fun. <laughs> I love laughing um, and I wanna, I wanna laugh. My favorite sounds, um, probably three favorite sounds. My first favorite sound is the sound of best friends laughing. Like just like friends around just cackling you know I love it yep. to um a, a baby because I think I mean babies are a sign of life or, or it's a sign that we're not dying so that's really good mm -hmm. and then three the sound of rain and on a morning on a rainy morning so those are my favorite sounds a pluviophile <laughs> right <laughs> right so yeah 
So yeah, I moved out here actually yesterday would be exactly seven years ago and worked for small nonprofits. And now I'm, I found, I stumbled into this healthcare, this healthcare field. Um, and I was telling you before, I feel like I was born to do this and born to advocate. There's a, a fire in my belly to be the voice. I'm very loud. <laughs> to be you, you have a very boisterous and <laughs> colorful personality. Um, you know, when you enter a room, people know mm -hmm. that you're there because you bring a certain uh, joy and you know how to express that joy, even when frustrated <laughs> into any sort of scenario or situation yeah. uh, that you, you find yourself in. So, so yeah, I think of that, that if you were to say, what's your one role in life, it's to bring joy and life into every situation. And that takes a lot of different forms, defending, depending on what hat I'm wearing. Okay. Um, when I'm wearing the hat of executive, you know, <laughs> like well, I didn't catch that executive, oh, okay. <laughs> or, you know, um, these executive positions, the administrative positions, I, I take a more, um, diplomatic approach to bringing life but that doesn't mean I stop being myself um when I'm being a caretaker to my dog <laughs> who's like my baby is very different um than when I'm talking to one of the children who my friends call me you know Aunt Mary I'm, I'm known as Aunt Mary or Titi Mari um to many of my friends kids and it's a very different approach um to bringing life you know um with my friend's kids, like there's this obligation to make these, make sure that these kids are, you can't make anyone do anything, but you can really help um, these children, like know one, their value and who they are and like how important it is uh, for us to value their humanity. So I never baby talk to a child. Um, and that's because I really believe that I want to preserve and protect their dignity. Um, and so I'm very straightforward on a level that they can understand me um, but also like making sure that I give them enough love and baby them enough and then give them back to their parents. Like it's pretty non-consequential, right? But that's awesome. <laughs> I'm an extra mom. I'm an extra pair of hands. I'm an extra ride. I'm a late night call to say, hey, we want to go on a date night, you know, and, and kiss and make out. And I'm like, go ahead, go, go make another baby. I'll stay with the kid, you know? <laughs> Um, I love it. Give me another niece or nephew. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. And, so, and, go ahead. Go ahead. Nope, and go I ahead. think it also like when I'm, I've been dating this amazing man for a year now, it's very different in how I, how I bring life into our relationship and how I pray about being a helpmate and how I, um, really discovering that, right? Like I know how to be a student. I know how to be a, an employee, I have no idea how to be a girlfriend. Um, I don't have an idea. I mean, I think I do, right? But I'm learning every day as I as I oh. learn to love him specifically. How, you know, when you think about how to relationship and how one enters into that, there's no set role or definition uh, that's going to apply to everyone the same way. You and your partner are going to work out what that definition is mm -hmm. for each for you both uh, as a couple and individually, because it's a give and take and it's a sharing uh, opportunity to how you define how that works. You know, you share vulnerabilities, you share frustrations, you share joys and triumphs, and that's what makes a relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, it it varies from person to person and couple to couple but there's no uh there's no right or wrong answer it's all about how the two of you work yeah you know it's really funny that you bring this up so um my partner is amazing and he's way more patient than I will ever be I'm not saying that I don't deserve him because we definitely are very very much made to be together and really to love each other and help each other achieve really great things. We complement each other. Um, but he's just a lot more patient and he listens a lot better than I ever will. <laughs> um, and that's something that I want to learn from him. 
Um, but I was watching this couple at the gym and they work out with us in group workout classes. And I noticed how much they joyfully and playfully like hit each other, right? Like they just tease each other. And I, there's another couple that works out with us and they encourage each other. And I'm sitting there observing these two dichotomies. And I was like, I would never joyfully hit anyone, right? Like no. that's just not, it's not, it's not in me. It's not part of um, what I do. It's just not how I show affection. But I know this couple very well. <clears throat> and I know that they are both like, this is not something that they do to harm each other, right? Right. And I was just really interested in like what makes them feel safe versus what makes me feel safe, right? Like and it differs from person to person, couple exactly. to couple. And, and so I'm watching these these two people and um, these two couples, and I'm just like, wow, like how quickly would it be, you know, for me to judge this couple who are joyfully playing with each other in a way that they they see very appropriate and say like is are these people safe are they you know like being a nosy that would have been college mary (laughs) right and seeing the development of like me being like she's very free he's very free and this is how they love each other and i don't understand it but i don't have to it's not it's not my role to understand the only person that i'm called to understand how to relationship with is edward that's it and if lord willing we have children right like then then in a romantic relationship with obviously all right so let's so you went from you guys been dating a year to one day when you have children there's a lot of space there in the middle (laughs) that has to be filled in so let's go back to the start sure how did you and edward meet okay so i love this story and I don't get tired of telling it. I'm, I just, I watched my grin just change from like my normal smile to mm-hmm. like joker size. Your, your face lit up. <laughs> so uh, we're actually both from the same town and we both grew up in the same high school. We went to the same high school. So um, Ed is eight years older than I am. And when I was 14 years old, um, my parents, and my parents don't know that this happened <laughs> because I haven't told them this part of the story. Um, but when I was 14 years old, I went to summer camp for the first time away from my family. Um, and he was the lead RA on this trip. And I, this person for me was an adult person who I respected and admired and thought like, man, they're a cool teacher person. And I want to be like them someday. Um, and I thought nothing of it. You know, we we became Facebook friends, you know, and we might have said like happy birthday or haha, that was funny, but really nothing too personal. Inappropriate. Or, or yeah, mostly inappropriate. Um, so flash forward, I spent some time in Italy. He spent some time in, in Europe and I spent some time in in Africa. He spent some time in the Middle East. So we're like, Kind of traveling following each other around the world seeing each other yeah and i moved out to kansas city like you said um in 2014 and so i've been here um created a pretty cute little life for myself um great friends great community uh, amazing workout routine completely changed my life um anyway but so i've just have a community and he put something on Facebook and I go, oh yeah, like this is this is what you tell yourself when you're when you, before you play piano. He's he plays piano. He's um, oh. a great musician. Um and I said to him, I, I can't believe I remember this, blah, blah, blah. We start talking, you know, messaging each other. And then I think nothing of it. I'm still very naive. I had just gotten out of a pretty awful relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, 2020 was really hard for everyone. <laughs> um, and I just got out of this awful relationship and I was, um, trying to figure it all out. You know, this was a person who I was trying to convince myself that 
was the person because I was 27. I was pretty far off in my career. I, you know, all of the, all of the boxes were checked except for that big box that I've always wanted to be checked, which you've known since you've known me that I wanted to be a wife and a mom more than anything in the world. And um, even when I was discerning and, and really was like, okay, Lord, like, if you want me to go be a nun or if you want me to go be a sister, fine, but you have to like literally like strike me for me to do this. Like, if this Hit is me with a two by four exactly. in the head that says, be a nun. Right. Otherwise, it's not happening. And I'm willing to give that to you. If you tell me you are very, and I think that I took my discernment pretty seriously. Um, if you want me to do that, I will. But please, Lord, don't ask me that, right? Like that's, that's my, my prayer. The prayer of St. Augustine, Lord, make me chaste, but not yet. And so, and so we started talking and corresponding and um, we, we kept talking and it got to the point where it's like, I woke up in the morning just to say hi to him, right? And he would say something mm -hmm. cute or something funny. And I was just like, oh man, I'm talking to this guy. Um, so I'm very upfront. But like, I'm, you know, what you see is what you get, black and white. Like I'm gonna, if, if you're a garbage person, I'm gonna call you a garbage person. <laughs> if you are, if you are, you know, salt of the earth, I'm gonna call you salt of the earth. Um, if you do something wrong and I'm mad at you, I'm gonna tell you about it. But if you're in the right and I'm still mad at you, I'm still going to defend you. Like I'm a Jersey girl through and through. I think and that's also, I, I don't mean to, to pigeonhole or anything as the white guy, uh, but I have some Latin friends who, when they were upset with me, they would say, I love you, but you're not my favorite person right now. Yeah. yeah. And I just need a little bit of a break. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. It is. It's very, um, it's I, a good quality. I love you, but I don't have to like you right now. Yeah. Right. Um, there's a lot of people whom I love and I wouldn't be their friend. I love them because, you know, like they're human and there's like, there's an ability to, to separate that. Um, but yeah, there's some people that I love and I wouldn't choose as friends, you know, mostly family. <laughs> right. Like um, that's a whole nother thing. But so, yeah, so we started communicating and one day, he was like, oh, you know, what's your day like? And so I'm like, oh, we're on a boat, <laughs> you know? I might have been drinking. Um, Allegedly. <laughs> um, and so he's like, oh, wow, if you were selling that drink, I'd buy it. And so in my drunken state, I was like, wait, what? What's your angle? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? And so I'm, I'm still, right? Like, I'm still very naive. Like, I'm still thinking, like, this guy thinks that I'm that 14-year-old girl who he met um, 13 years ago. Like, I, in my head, haven't oh, realized that. A whole different he's, person. <laughs> I'm a whole different person. I'm, I'm a woman now who has dreams and has literally made those dreams happen. I'm a woman who left her her parents house at 17 and went to college and never went back to her parents house at right at 21 Same. i was like peace out i'm gonna go to the midwest right i was living on 500 dollars a month and not knowing how the heck i was not gonna go back home without my tail between my legs right like i I've, I've gone through that. You made it work. Right. And it was definitely people inviting me for dinner and, you know, people giving me money to put gas in my gas tank, which I don't even, you know, and so I'm grateful for all of that. Um, so I'm like, this man doesn't know. Like, he doesn't know who he's dealing with. Like, I'm not that shy, fat, you know, um, not that being fat or big or has anything bad to do but it's just it really played a lot into my self-esteem and being um what i valued in myself he doesn't know he doesn't know that i'm a badass bitch like he just doesn't know and so so then you take you <laughs> you sell him this drink on the boat right i sell him this drink on this boat and i was like wait do you like me 
like Ross likes Rachel likes me. <laughs> Cause that's the only relationship that I could think of that we would both know. And we keep talking and um, I said, hey, are you gonna ask me out on a date or not? <laughs> Put up or shut up. <laughs> and a week later we went on our first date. <laughs> And as I'm driving, so we actually meet up in Lincoln because he was living in Nebraska. And as I'm driving there, driving at, you know, a god-awful time in the morning, it was September 19th. And I'm driving down there, 2020. And I'm driving down there. And I'm like, am I going to hug him? Am I going to shake his hand? Is this a real date? Or high five because COVID. <laughs> right like all these things and I was like if nothing else I'm gonna have a great meal with a great friend with someone who I admire greatly and I was 30 minutes early because I was nervous <laughs> and I always have to use the bathroom so I was like I'm gonna pee I'm gonna relax I'm gonna try to look great you know I'm gonna touch up my makeup all the things and he was about 15 minutes late, <laughs> which normally wouldn't be a big deal. But you just drove all this way. No, but I sat there and I saw him and it was real. I was like, as he was coming down um, the steps, I was like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to let him like guide what we do as a greeting. And he just hugs me. And I'm like, wow, like, this is, this is great. And so the date goes well. Um, and it's funny, he will tell the story very differently. He will say that I forced him to go on a date with me. And he will say, it's my fault that we're in love. Um, and I'll take the blame. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for making you happy. <laughs> um, but it was funny because, you know, I'm a very intense person. I do no small talk, like zero small talk. And, uh, we were talking in the car and after we were driving through town to find me a Starbucks because I was having a caffeine headache, something. Because on top of being a badass bitch, you're also a basic bitch. Exactly. And some things never change, right? Like. And I don't mean bitch in a derogatory sense. No. No, <laughs> Just sure. want to say that for, because, you know, this is being recorded on a podcast and cancel culture being what it is. Yeah. I'm going to cancel you. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. Um, I'll just reinstate myself on my podcast. <laughs> um, but what, um, we started having a very intentional conversation after we were looking for Starbucks. He goes, is this going to be the rest of my life finding you a Starbucks or finding you caffeine? And I laughed like, one of those like very much like Mary didn't you know laughs that come from the inside of your from your soul and you're like that is Mary Elena laughing <laughs> and to answer your question yes exactly and I said yeah if you stick around long enough that was my answer and uh we started talking and he brought up marriage wife and children I wasn't even that wasn't even in my in my radar Whoa, slow apparently. down. Hold on. Well, yeah, but here it's here's the deal. Apparently I scared him when I responded, well, okay, so then it looks like we want the same thing. Like let's let's talk about going down this path. And to this day, go ahead. Well, okay, so you text him, so what, do you like me or something? And he took that as okay, we want the same thing, uh this relationship. Is a is or is this like an overarching over a couple of months? And, yeah. Okay. Months and I wasn't sure if it was in the same text exchange. And then like a month later, <laughs> you're like, all right, let's plan life. Because my wife and I, we had a wedding date before there was an engagement ring. Right. That's right. how we operated. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we were talking about it. And apparently I said, okay, so it seems like we want the same thing. I like you to enter into a relationship, you know, and be exclusive. And apparently I scared the heck out of him, but I didn't mention marriage and children and, and spouses. He did. So, and I, I will hold true to that till I die. So 
That's awesome. <laughs> You're glowing from happiness. Um, you know, does he still live in Nebraska or is he closer to you now? He's not. He's further to me now. Further? Yeah. Um, he is in the U.S. Air Force, so he is stationed abroad at the moment. Oh, bummer. But yeah. also, thank you, Edward. Um, yes. So that's awesome that you have that happiness and you know, I know it's something that you have always wanted to be a wife and a mom, uh, on top of being auntie Mari. Uh, you know, it's truly awesome to have seen who you were in college and see your growth all the way, uh, through to today, the inner you has not changed. You've just continued, uh, to mature and to be a better version of yourself mm -hmm. as time has gone on. And I think one of the uh, most awesome things is your ability to take those hurts from the past and transfer them into something uh, that's been a positive uh, educational influence on yourself to learn, okay, that was a mistake. I'm not going to let it happen again and keep moving forward. You know, you're talking about the, you know, the bad relationship that you had prior to and overcoming that, uh, I remember when we were talking uh, initially, you know, going back about a year and a half ago, I think, uh, and, you know, you were just, you didn't know what end uh, was up with this guy and we weren't sure what his uh, motives or anything were. And, you know, to see where you were then and see where you are now, it's like night and day. Yeah, and I think that sometimes we we fail to see how much our mental health and our self-worth like truly like guide the decisions that we make and realizing that like before I can be ready and like, you know, Ed and I talk about this very often. We met when I was 14. We feel like, you know, when I was, when I was by the time I was 18, 20, like we could have been together, like because we know that we're meant to be together like it's kind of like the stupidest line is when you know you know and I'm like that is absolutely done I don't know if cussing's allowed on your podcast but it is we have an explicit rating okay great it's absolute bullshit um because I'm like but now I see this man and I pray with this man I pray for this man and I I know and it's one of those things where it's like how do you explain that how do you teach that and you can't it's just one of those things where you're like you have to go through enough shit and you have to go through enough beautiful things and and understand what it is that makes you feel most um, true to yourself for you to know and I think it's not knowing but it's understanding what you're willing to put up with and what you're absolutely never going to be able to tolerate. Um, but, you know, and it's absolutely something beautiful. Like, there's nothing else that I can explain to see, like, if I would 20 years ago, you know, I mean, when I was 20 years old, so nine years ago, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I was, I'm, you know, I was a good student. I was a good friend. I was a good citizen. But I'm not the woman that I am now. And it's not to say that I've changed or I've completely abandoned every sense of morality that I have encountered, but I, I've evolved. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's something so beautiful. And it's a process and it's a lot of self-work and it's a lot of therapy. <laughs> it's a lot of crying and a lot of God bless the therapists. <laughs> sure. And it's a lot of begging, um, begging your friends to listen, begging your, begging the Lord to, to show you. And it's a lot of crying, you know, and like, you know me as I, I will always be a crybaby, but the tears that I've cried have like cleansed me. And I had a friend recently, she turned around and said, 
the those who sow in tears will reap rejoicing and I just broke down right and I'm like super Christian and I'm I'm my you know Jesus permits are are a lot here but it's so beautiful that I'm doing everything I said I would do not in the way that I thought I would do it either you know I definitely love the fact that I'm just an editor in the story and not the writer. Right. <laughs> it's good to have the editing capabilities, though, you know, because <laughs> you're like, okay, well, this, while it's written there, it doesn't need to be in the final edition. So we're going to delete this section yeah. and remove it. Um, we know that it's there, but we can organize the story of ourselves and put it into the the final edition because we're still working out the first, second, and third edition. And then this is going to be the final hard copy. And, yeah. you know, seeing, you know, as I said earlier, where you came from and where you're at now, it's just a complete joy to see that upward trajectory uh, for your growth as a person. Thanks. I, I have a couple of distinct memories with you that... Uh-oh. Here we go. I know. Well, the first one is when I changed the background on your um, on your iPod. Mm. It comes up in my Facebook memories every once in a while, and <laughs> I I think I, I post them when they come up. I think you do. Um, that's definitely one of my favorite memories because I was being a troll and I totally got trolled and I deserved it. Um. <laughs> Cause it was a, it wasn't a pretty picture either. It was a, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was trying to scare you. Um, it also another, taught me to lock my, my <laughs> another um, memory that I have. Cause you know, I knew you as brother Adam mm-hmm. and you were my big brother, Adam. And that hasn't changed, you know, like you're still my big brother, Adam. Um, you're just not brother Adam and, and what that looks like and you're still a theologian that you were when I met you um, but I remember we had these like was it a club was it like friends of Don yeah Bosco? friends of Don Bosco we had a nice little club that met for like a semester and then it disbanded yeah which was really sad and upsetting but anyway I really enjoyed it and I remember um, you taught us the um like the outline for a prayer um and i think it was like the way that don bosco taught his young people to pray and to this day like whenever anyone wants to offer a prayer or something they're like mary elena does it she does it really well and it's only because like i know this recipe in my head and it's like okay greet greet the father you know how do you greet the father uh, state, give him praise, state your intention and your request, and then thank him in advance, right? And it's just like this recipe that I have in my brain that you taught me, and it's one of my greatest memories. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Do you even remember that? Not entirely. Um, you know, I I remember like the, the formula for the prayer and how that's, uh, you know, done in a prayer setting, but I don't necessarily remember the moment of, yeah. you know, that, that teaching experience. Um, you know, I've been teaching religious ed and theology classes for One million years. 15 years, you know, so I've had uh, lots of different moments and not one really sticks out but when you have someone come back and tell you that hey what you said stuck and it's a great you know memory of mine and it's something that I hold near and dear and still use it it's a huge uh big edifying moment mm. uh to know that a you weren't speaking nonsense and b it's had a positive impact on somebody's life and now it's having impact on people who you don't even know right like when we pray don't ever tell ed this so like we'll have to edit this part out all right ed earmuffs (laughs) 
but he'll say like you just pray better than than I do and I was like no I just use this recipe you know this, this little formula that's it you it's know? easy just plug stuff in and so he's like no but like you know like yeah you still have to put your heart into it but there's not really much to it and it's really because great. sometimes when people try to come up with petitions they uh, the things they want to pray for they they stump themselves because they overthink when we overthink especially like me i've got like adhd or add or something i have it all so i haven't been diagnosed with anything i just assume because like i'll just overthink and then like i'm done braining and i'm not going to talk anymore and get overwhelmed and like okay well we're not going to do that anymore so it's like all right how do we do this all right well we start with greeting the father offering him thanks and praise uh, stating the thing that we want to pray for. Um, and then, you know, offering that prayer of Thanksgiving at the end and, you know, go about our day. Like it's, it's simple. You just do those simple things and, you know, you move on. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's a conversational, uh, prayer. It's not, it's regimented without having the confines of um, regimen, you know, it's got, it's got a cadence to it without being militaristic. And I think that that, that's just the way that you talk to your friends, right? Like you, you see someone that you haven't seen. I mean, we did it right for 20 minutes before we started recording. We said, dude, it's been literally, gosh, when did, when did a year and a half. Well, when did Jessica get married? Uh, that was October 2017. Five years, four years, seven, 18, 19, 20, 21. So four years since mm-hmm. I've seen you in person. Yep. And so we did, we did that. We're just like, man, I, you're a great friend. I'm so excited. You know, as we were like texting each other, we're just like, man, like, I can't wait to talk to you. Have your undivided attention. Like no undivided, one's no one's here. here. And then we, you know, so we, we, we have that greeting, that time. And then we're like, Hey, like, you know, I, I follow you on social media. So I saw like, Hey, you know, we talked about some things that were happening in your life. We talked about some things that were happening in my life. And then we're like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I pray for you. I literally said that, right? Like, um, but that's, that's the normal formula of being a friend. Yeah. I mean, you have the you know you've got people in your life who you like having in your life but you know when life happens other things take priority over other things but they're still in the rolodex they're still there but you know it's not an everyday type of thing and proximity obviously is something that plays into that you know i have closer touch with my uh, friends who are here in the greater Boston area than I do with my friends who are in St. Louis than I do with my friends who are in Kansas City than I do with my friends who are out in LA, right? It's just a matter of, you know, where your sphere of influence is. Oh, for sure. I was talking about this with a friend that went to college with us. I don't know if he was so much your friend, but he was definitely mine, Richard. No last names. Vaguely. He was a sacristan too. Mm-hmm. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Oh, no, I'm thinking something Totally different. my type in college. Totally had a crush on him. Everybody knows about it. His wife does too. Okay. I don't remember him. Okay. You'll remember if I use a last name, so we'll do that afterwards. Anyway, um, he, uh, he was talking to me and his kids call me Aunt Mary, um, though the newborn doesn't call me anything. Uh-huh. The newborn doesn't call me anything. Um, but his wife and I are, we text all the time, you know, his, and I That's love his Interesting wife. dynamic. I love his wife. I love his wife. Why? Because I love Ed. I, because I love Richard. <laughs> I love Ed. I do love Ed. Um, because I love Richard, right? And like, I love his kids, right? Like I had, I had been in New Jersey. This was a cool story. And his wife needed to go somewhere and Richard needed to go get his haircut. And they're like, 
will you stay and watch the baby for 20 minutes? Well, you know, that way we don't have to lug him out to grandma grandpa's house. And I was like, yeah, I get 20 minutes to just snuggle this little baby and tell her how much she's amazing and tell her how I'm going to do all the cool aunt things with her. Absolutely. Wow, that's awesome. Um, but Rich and I were talking about it. And he's like, I feel like we've lost touch because we're not, we're not a drive away from each other. We're not, hell, when we were living in Bull and Tall, we were literally a three second walk, you know? Um, but there's this desire to still connect with those people. And you, you for sure are one of those people where I'm like, we could pick up right where we left off. Uh, so. It's a great thing about friendships and relationships in general. You have authentic friendships and you have love for these people. And it doesn't matter how much time or distance that passes, you can pick up right where you left off. Yeah, no, it's it's something that's so beautiful. And even like, I'm really thinking about how like this idea that like love isn't jealous or love, there's always more room for people at the table. Mm-hmm. There's a, yeah, and I feel like the English language for love is so uh, horrible because not to steal from movies or anything, but you can love lamp as much as you can love a person or a dog or your car or a pizza. You know, what Greek really delineates uh, for us what what love is. You've got the arrows, which is the erotic love that you feel for someone you've got the filios love which is the brotherly love that you have for friends uh you've got the um agape love which is the love you've got for the divine and i think i'm forgetting one but that's okay you've you've got it broken up into different sectors of love that you can have for a friend i think there's four of them i think there is two i'm not remembering I it's been a long time since I took Greek. I also never took Greek. Mm. But the love we have for each other as a humans is awesome as friends and as siblings. My sister uh, is not something that's ever going to go away. And being able to share that and share in your joy for you uh, and Edward as you continue to grow as a couple uh, and hopefully moving down uh, that that path towards, uh, you know, becoming one mm. is something that I will keep uh, in the earnest of prayer. Thank you. It's really interesting because I talked to my friend who, um, very close to he's a priest um, and has been a spiritual father to me and I said to him in 2015 when I met him 2014 2015 so he's been with me on this journey for seven years I wanted to be a wife and I wanted to be a mother and order is very important right we talk about this I've always wanted to be a mother more than I wanted to be a wife, but you can't have one without the other, right? Like, I mean, you could, it just doesn't work very well. And it Biologically, makes, it's possible. Right, it makes things harder. Even just having two parents is like logistically easier, right? Like this is why I'm Auntie Mary and I drop things and I go pick up my, my nieces and nephews when they need mm-hmm. Um. But I, I turned around and I told my friend, my priest friend, I said, I want to be Edward's wife. And I've never had that feeling before. And really understanding that this is a new era and a new development and a new evolution for me to really understand and, and work through this and what that means. And this isn't pers- this isn't private, like I've told him multiple times, like, I want to be a wife. I want to bear your children. And that's like a new feeling and really learning what that means and being his helpmate and learning how to love him well and learning how to 
articulate my needs in order for me to be loved well. So it's important. It's a good place. Good place. Well, thanks for joining me today and for telling your story and um, just continue to be joyful and bring that life and laughter and everything that makes you you into the world of the people you serve but also into you know the life that you're going to share with edward adam thank you so much this is so great i truly miss you am i allowed to plug in my my uh... absolutely plug away so uh we don't have a name for it yet um my my pull the plug date is going to be december 8th it's going to be a podcast with a dear friend of mine uh Leo Katia Tufe um she and I are going to just sit and talk about femininity we're going to have guests we're going to talk about what we love about being women what we love about being professional women you know dating in the 21st century how online dating sucks um <laughs> it, it did suck but then I met my wife on the bumble <laughs> right and so um so we're just going to talk about what but about that we're going to talk about love we're going to talk about nitty-gritty things about having different kinds of friendships and different kinds of relationships um, understanding people and meeting them where they're at um, through the lens of our femininity so it's just two badass women talking in a microphone and hoping the, the world hears that will drop december 8th awesome uh send me via text or dm me what the uh, social media handles will be and I'll be happy to put sure. them in the description of the episode awesome well I appreciate you I appreciate you thanks for coming on all right